Amanda. Hey, Tommy. Hey, do you remember the song All Star by Smash Mouth? I do. Well, today we're going to talk about the movie of the soundtrack it was featured on. Do you remember that movie? Trek. No, no. Mystery Men. Oh. The original. Oh. That's what we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. Today. What can we talk about? Hi, I'm Kyle. Can We Geek About is a new podcast from Gotham West. Each week, JJ and I will delve into the geekier side of pop culture from our favorites in science fiction and fantasy to new releases and even maybe rag on some absolute flops. We promise that even if you don't like what we have to say, you'll like how we say it. But anyway, can we geek about? Did you really need me here for this? I just needed a ride. (sighs) Can we geek about? So give us a listen, subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. We're not your classic superheroes. We're not the favorites. We're the other guys. We're the guys nobody ever bets on. But I'll tell you what I think. I think you and that ball of yours have an appointment that you've got to keep. Invisible boy, I think it's time you were seen. Sphinx, You have trained us well. And Dr. Heller, you might just have given us the edge we need. And Spleen, I don't want to stand behind you, but I'll fight beside you with pride. Jeff, you've got a rare and beautiful gift. The city needs you tonight. And Roy, in all the years I've known you, I've never seen you walk away from a fight. Well, you lifted a city bus once, man. I think you've got what it takes to handle Casanova. We're all in over our heads, and we know it. But if we take on this fight, those of us who survive it will forever after show our scars with pride and say, that's right, I was there. I fought the good fight. So what do you say? Do we all gather together and go kick some Casanova butt? Or do I eat this sandwich? I say, what the fork? Let's do it. Can we talk about Mystery Men? Yep, we can. Uh, it's not my favorite. No. One that we've done, but I will say we've, okay, maybe we should, elephant in the room. Yeah. We recorded this episode already. Yeah. There was, we, we've talked about this for over an hour and there were some technical difficulties, so uh-huh. we, we're back at it. So. Back at it again, baby. Yeah. Part deuce, which is really fun because this is probably the first one yeah. that we've ever done where I'm like, don't love it. Yeah. And so you have to do it twice. And I get to do it twice. Yeah. That's I will, what I get. I will say the first time we did it, we had some technical difficulties while talking about it. And I was upset because after we did that, uh, in sync, our sister podcast did their episode uh on the song All Star, which yes. is based which is which was featured on the soundtrack to this movie. It's the whole reason we're kind of doing a little crossover thing. Yes. And their episode was so good that and then Rachel and Aviva were like, oh, we're actually like excited to hear the Can We Talk About episode covering Mystery Men. And I was uh. like, our episode's not as good as that. Like their episode is, we'd go listen to their episode. So to back up a second, uh, we're doing this episode uh, on Mystery Men. The song featured in Mystery Men famously, I don't know if it was famously because a lot of people don't well, realize written it. for. Yeah. I did not know till you told me. Yeah. All Star was written for Mystery Men. I don't even know how true that is. So we have some corrections I've learned since, which is shit. uh, It was it was for the Smash Mouth album 
uh, Astro Lounge. And then, like, as they did that, they also cut a deal to put it on the Mystery Men soundtrack. And then the music video was all Mystery Men. Like, that was, it was, it was, it was like Kiss from a Rose was for uh, another movie. And that I realized as I'm saying it, I can't talk about that was featured yeah. on the soundtrack back mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, or how about this? It was like, um, in, in Space Jam, like how the song okay. uh, I Believe I Can Fly, yeah. like that was like a, so so core to that soundtrack and like made not for the soundtrack, but like heavily featured, we'll call it. Okay. So in the same vein, so... that's how Mystery Men and All Star kind of connect. And that song All Star became more popular mm-hmm. off another soundtrack for Needle Drop. And that was in Shrek, which is what the NSYNC episode is about this week. So go go listen to that either before like now or after this or both. We have to point this out though because you were very yeah, emotional about the fact that people yeah. think that All Stars from Shrek. Because that's the genesis yes, of this episode. Because it became like the thing which is everyone knows every apparently everyone knows that this song is from Shrek or that yeah. song is from Shrek. And I'm like no it's not. It was originally from the soundtrack to Mystery Men. Okay. And, and no but, one remembers Mystery Men. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate yeah. like I did last time we yeah. recorded this because I don't associate the song with Shrek or yeah. with Mystery Men. Yes, I know it's in Shrek. Yeah. It's great in Shrek. But like to me, this is just a just middle a school dance jam. Yeah. Like seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. Dancing I, in the gym with my best friend because we were too tall and boys didn't like us. Yeah. But I... I get where you're coming from because I did watch the music video. Yeah. Before we recorded this. Yeah. And yes, there's the scenes are in the, yeah. like cameoed in the music video. Yeah. But. Okay. This touch problematic. We talked about this in the first round. Yeah. The reason that we're doing this, not the reason, but very timely. Yeah. The lead singer of Smash Mouth has passed. Yes. We also recognize very problematic at the end of his life. Yes. The famous TikTok video that he was very anti-Semitic. Yeah. Awful human at Bethel Woods, which is. Yeah. You're near, near your hometown. Right in my right backyard. Your backyard. And um, we acknowledge that. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. We have since learned that he had severe. Did we liver, like liver failure? And it kind of caused him to go a little bit bananas. Does yeah. not excuse the behavior. No, but I mean, it's such a weird thing that I had learned out of this entire thing was that apparently people who deal with liver failure uh, and their liver like just starts poisoning their bodies. That makes sense, though, right? Because yeah. you can't filter. Yeah. Your liver's job is to filter. So it just goes toxins. and literally poisons your brain. Your and brain. then you start watching Fox News and it's all downhill from there. Motherfucker. So, yeah. so <laughs> if you haven't seen the very viral TikTok, now that we've known what we've yeah. known, it's it's very sad. And he obviously did suffer with some addiction issues. And yeah. So he passed this week. And and also one other thing I want to bring up Last too. Week. The guy the guy definitely dealt with some some demons, but also yeah. one of those is his uh was it four month old died? Yeah. 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 So he's been through some shit. Does yeah. not excuse his behavior in no, any way, no. shape, or form. <laughs> no. But um But just just to say he's not someone who passed who it's like, oh man, we lost a like a living legend. It's yes. Like we lost like we this. did with Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Buffett wasn't throwing up, you know, Nazi salutes in no. front of crowds yeah. uh at the end of his life. So yeah. So so that is, you know, kind of where the idea came from. And this is another situation when we're we were you had this idea when we were in Denver. How did yeah. that come about? I just I like the movie. <laughs> Oh, it's I'm so movie. sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. I liked, I, let me, let me rephrase this. 
I will say I Uh-oh. went in with no, no, no. I went in with rose colored glass because I think it's for me. And I, I definitely have a still of a handful of things that I, I, I still feel strongly about in a positive light for this movie. But it I think we've since like figured out amongst discussing it like it is a very long. It's two hours, it's two hours. It doesn't man. need to be um, the oh, person who so directed long. it was uh, came from doing commercials and uh, has since gone back to commercials and never directed a feature film. Famously, ever yeah, famously said there is too much drama. Yeah. I'm going back to commercials. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And um, there are things I like about the movie, but it is not it's not my fave. Yeah. Well, for, I, yeah. OK, well, I want. Uh, well, <laughs> OK, I love the cast. If that's what got it to. We yes. need to agree to do this a yeah. second time. So let's let's bring it back. Let's yeah. talk about um, the genesis of this movie. What is the plot? Yeah. Who are the people in it? Because that is what made this tolerable for two hours. Yeah. So number one, so the the movie is and and apparently it's based off of a comic book as well or loosely based on it. But I will say it is, in my view, a take on like superhero kind of pop culture stuff yeah. that I think is really poignant today. Like, I think it was a couple, yeah. of, it was like 20 years too early. Cause I mean, even like, what was it? 2008 or nine was Iron Man, which I think kicked off a whole. And this universe. was 99. This I don't is know 1999. 1999. Yeah. Yes. Um, and at that point we only had a few, you know, uh, you know, guy with a dark cape, him. And then, and then uh, the guy with the red cape, like we had a few superhero movies out there. Yeah, there wasn't a lot. And X-Men didn't come until, I think, 2000. So this is like way before the superhero flood that became pop culture. Well, we talked about this. 1999 was a weird fucking year, right? Like super weird. We talked like 99. We all thought the minute the clock struck midnight. It was all going to fall apart. The the world was going to explode. Computers weren't going to understand how to do a double zero. Like everything that we could have made up into a sci-fi movie to explain 1999 we did yeah so this kind of falls in that 1999 weirdness yeah perfectly so yes. i i do accept that yeah and i love the cast which yeah. is i mean that was the draw that, that was, was the, the draw that was and for me being a comedy nerd in the 90s it was very much surrounding or including like the ben stiller crew of comedians i mean this is off of i think what is the I want to say Cable Guy was just before this, right? Yeah, we ju- we so Cable Guy came before this and uh something about Mary I think was before this as yeah. well for Ben Stiller. Um and there was another one that was before that. Well, he was in a bunch in like the late yeah. 90s. Yeah. So I mean, he's really this is peak Ben Stiller time in yeah. the early 90s or late 90s early 2000s. Yeah. But it just was not my favorite, yeah, Ben Stiller. Yeah, and that's and, and that's the thing too. I think this movie, if you're a fan of Ben Stiller in general, so wait, to take a step back, the movie is about a bunch of superheroes with a giant asterisk because, like, they all like their superpowers are like throwing forks or shoveling, shoveling. Um, you know, one guy farts. We'll get into this, right? But uh, if you don't remember this movie, it is a really satirical take because there's like the one main superhero, Captain Amazing, right? Captain yes. Greg Kinnear played great by Greg Kinnear. I kind of, it made me kind of miss 
like late nineties, early two yeah. thousands. Greg Kinnear. He was the best. He was he he played this really well, and yeah. he was just an ass. And then where he's just very very similar to, and I and I know you said you never watched The Boys. No, I haven't. But very yet. similar to I forget the name of the the main guy in that. Where to the outside world, it's like, oh, he's our main superhero. He's the he's he's our savior. He's like, you know, he's God to us, whatever it is. And in reality, he's like he hates these people. He just like he's in it for the wrong reasons. And so this guy, Captain Amazing, is like just has like Pepsi patches and like, you it's know, he looks, like a, he looks like a NASCAR driver. He looks like a NASCAR driver. One hundred percent. Yeah. And the whole plot of the movie is just based around the fact that he's like bored with whatever remaining bad guys exist in the world because he locked up all the bad ones in Champion City, by the in way, in Champion City, which is this innocuous. No, that's the wrong word. But well, like, it's just like you don't know where the fuck it is. Yeah. You don't know what time it's happening in. Right. There's like. Japanese yeah. writing all over the city, but also like you pointed out, there's European license plates. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I've got to give him credit. Aviv on NSYNC called out the actual architecture type. It's retro futurism. Okay. Which is that like, you know, very like the fifties, like remember like the movie, like blast from the past. Yeah. With like yeah, Brendan, yeah. Fra- Brendan yeah. Fraser. Oh, do yeah. I remember the movie blast? From like just that aesthetic <laughs> of like late, like fifties kind of like what the future is going to look like, but you can look at it now, which was the entire aesthetic of smash mouth, by the way. So well, okay, we all right. Yeah. We need to bring this up again. Yeah. The lead singer of Smash Mouth. <laughs> basically, we're not sure which came before the yeah. chicken or the the guy Diamonds drive. <laughs> but either Guy Fieri made his whole personality the lead singer of Smash Mouth, or Smash Mouth made their whole personality oh, Guy Fieri. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Guy Fieri watched the Smash Mouth video for All Star and was like, that's it. That's me. That's who I am now. Because the button down, the spiked hair with the tips. Bowling shirts and spiked tips and like backwards sunglasses. They even have a very similar (gasps) facial. Right. They both wear their sunglasses in the back of their head. Oh, my God. That's so fucking douchey. If you do that. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri is is just a wannabe Smash Mouth. That just yells two things. Yeah. Creepy dads and gym teachers. Right. Like every gym teacher either has their sunglasses around their neck or it's like yeah. on the back of their head. Yeah. Please don't I, do that. I also I, they're called Wayfarer style glasses like the ones I wear. I don't have them here right now. In yeah, I wear those. Yeah. Like the classic gray bands. Yeah. Classic yeah. like that's And I I remember like when I was a kid, I used to love those kind of wraparounds. Like you can't wear those anymore. Those aren't cool. Those are unless you're a professional athlete. Yeah, exactly. You know if you're playing I mean? baseball yeah, on the field. Baseball yeah. or, you know, I've seen some NASCAR drivers wear yeah. them. Yeah. I've seen some golfers wear them. So, yeah. I, okay, I get that because you are yeah. legitimately saving your eyeballs because you're outside yeah. all day. But it's when it's when guys that. are wearing it to Walmart. You know, that's where it's just like, dude, dude, that's, I just you know. hate them. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's an aesthetic. But can I t- just tell you, this yeah. is off topic. <laughs> there was a guy that one of my friends went on a date with. Yeah. And he literally like she loved him. She was like, this guy's so great. Yeah. You guys are going to love him. And she brought him to hang out with us. And he had those fucking sunglasses like on his head. And I was like, nope, nar. I will say every video I see on TikTok of some middle aged guy losing it and, and, you know, eventually committing assault or battery is oh, has those sunglasses on his head or like on his eyes or on the top of his head. Now. What has happened with yeah. the trend of like pit viper sunglasses? Have you seen this? No. What's pit viper? Look it up. Okay. Wait, okay. Viper. So the, I, I can get behind this because it's it's falling in line with the mullet, right? Like, okay. and I've got some female friends that wear them and they look hot as hell on them because they're like, they're not meant to make you look attractive. 
Are you talking about like, the really big ones that yeah, almost look like they're like iridescent in the front? Yeah, they look like kind of like I can't sp- pull that. They off. look like snow goggles. Yes, almost, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Those so are very retro. Remember those? those yeah, like very 80s retro. Style, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, that I'm doesn't okay with that. scream cover your drink. No, because this is bar. fun. There, you know what it is? Okay. I, I'll tell you exactly what it is. And, it, and it's the, all the aesthetic. It's it's guys who who do the the goatees or go bald, right? It's <laughs> shave their heads. I can see like four dudes it's, in my head right. about this. It's it's middle-aged guys who, who have to buy a big pickup truck to prove something. Mm-hmm. And they need to look badass. They have to look badass all the time. And it's like, dude, just, if just you live wear your the life, sunglasses man. And you wear the sunglasses. I'm down with big pickup trucks. Yeah. But if you wear these sunglasses... And you feel like we're attacking you. Yeah. We are. <laughs> no, here's the uh, We are. I am, I am far from a fashionista, but I will say like, even when I was like shopping for new sunglasses, I got some like Nike Wayfarers that like slightly curved. And I was like, no, any kind of curve, any kind of curve where it's like wrapping around it, my huh? head and like, yeah, I just can't. I can't. I, I can just because the thing is that there's a difference between like those style, like just looking cool. Like you're going out for a day at the beach versus like, you know, I'm going to get into a fight over a shopping cart. Like there's the two different styles Understood. of sunglasses. I think my dad wears them. Yeah. I'm like talking about it and I feel pretty confident okay. in this. You should, now you know what to get him for Christmas. No, because he used to wear this only one pair that he could get at a gas station. And he would. I'm not kidding. He would like 20 years of his life. He would get these gas. Do you remember when you go into gas stations? They had yeah. the sunglasses on the counter. Yeah, like for five he had, bucks. Like one exact pair that he liked. And they're so popular. I now. was like that. Too. Yeah, like he Until loved I them. I on a business trip splurged on a trip. I was in Nashville a couple months ago and I was at a I was at a conference and I went and got in the hotel lobby. They had they had Ray-Bans in like the like the, where they sold up at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw they were the same price I would pay if I went to Ray-Ban. So I was like, oh, actually, I, these, I kind of want these because I didn't bring any sunglasses. And I was, I was in Nashville. So I was like, I need to fix this problem. Yeah. And they were the most expensive sunglasses I've ever purchased, which is just $200, by the way, which I mean, depending on. That's where, too much for sunglasses okay. for me because I scratch them. I lose them. I. But now I wear these all the time and I protect them like they're my son. So. OK. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a bad. I understand. Thing. Yeah, I'll take it. I don't know where that tangent. No. Came from, OK. But um, you want to run, run through the cast of the movie? Yeah, yeah. sure. So we've got Hank Azaria. Yeah. Um, his superhero is called the Blue Raja, and Blue he, Raja. he can throw forks and spoons, never knives, never knives. Those he's not, he doesn't deal with deadly Mm-mm. weapons. Uh, Claire Forlaney, she plays the hot waitress that Ben Stiller is in love with. Yeah, which, uh, which again, we're rehashing some stuff we've talked about pre- previously that no one yeah. else has heard, but you don't we remember her from the 90s. So she was in Rat, uh, or was it Rat Race? She was in uh, Mall Rats. And Meet Joe Black. I Meet remember, Black. but like we talked about this, her face is so 90s to me. Like I feel yeah. like I saw her in so many more things. Yeah. And we looked up at her IMDb. Yeah. Not Bitch ain't been in nothing. No. And then the other one I remember her from very vividly was uh, Police Academy Mission to Moscow. Yeah. Which I have worst, not seen that the one. The worst one. But what the thing is, too, is like, I don't know what her story was, but like, why did she disappear? Was there a reason? Did she just? I don't know. Did she get out? into modeling? I mean, she's like a smoke show. Yeah. So maybe she modeled. Maybe she did. She had to have done like a campaign for like Chanel or something because her face is burned into my brain. Yeah. Um, and then we've got William H. Macy is um, the shoveler. I love William H. Macy. So do I. The, the thing is. You He's know, a, I love him. Without. I mean, there's the whole rest of the cast, which we'll get to in a second. But like Hank Azaria, Ben Stiller. 
they're all playing it over the top or like they're kind of winking a little bit. Like, you know, they're they're like Hank Azaria's character kind of breaks his, you know, character. Hank Azaria's character is hilarious because he is dresses in um, traditional Indian garb. Yeah. And then speaks in a British accent. And when people ask why, he says, because he's trying to represent (laughs) the British colonialism that India went through. Yeah. And that's not even his accent because then you get to see him at home. Yeah. He lives with his mom, mom and he speaks normal. <laughs> yeah. Completely normal. Yeah. But that, that's the thing. Everyone plays it over the top except for William H. Macy. Yeah. who was playing it so straight. And honestly, it, it made me realize like I, I, you, there's, he's not in a lot of comedies. Well, I mean, I know he's on Shameless. Shameless. Right. But I mean, but that's more a dramedy than it is a comedy because yeah. it's a very dramatic show. But that's what I mean is like I'm almost disappointed because I feel like William H. Macy could have played a lot more roles where he was like flat out just just the straight up straight man. He's so fucking he, funny, he though. He plays it so, so straight. Funny. Yeah, he, he's so good. And His whole thing, guys, is that he can shovel real good. Yeah. Like, can, I, can I just can I just like swoon over William H. Macy a little bit more, too? Because I love the fact I, I've, I you know, not a secret I love Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Mm -hmm. And so he was in, you know, he was obviously in Boogie Nights, um, which the character there is great. I don't want to ruin anything, but he's great in that. And then he's also in Magnolia. Yeah. Which is the way over the top, most expensive indie movie ever made. Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Is that is that your favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie? I think it is. And I know that sounds like such like everyone goes for like. There will be blood and some other ones, but I really love, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson. All his early movies were about the valley in California mm-hmm. and that like it's what he grew up with. And he tried to get back to it recently with Licorice Pizza, which I have so many problems with. And I, I really don't like that movie. I didn't watch it because you told me not to. Yeah, don't so. watch it. No, it's <laughs> it's problematic for reasons. It's also not a great movie. Um, but early like Boogie Nights was great and then Magnolia was fantastic and then he also did like Hardy Eight and some other ones early that no one really talks about but um but William H Macy in Magnolia is great cuz have you ever seen Magnolia? Uh no, I don't think so. So he it, it's this like this um it's a great movie but he plays a former game show contestant. He was like a whiz kid and when he was mm-hmm. a kid he was like oh it was famous that was he was the whiz kid and now he's an adult. And he is like his life is just kind of like falling apart. Like he doesn't like he has no money. He works at like a convenient like a electronic store. And <gasps> does he work at Radio Shack? No, he works at like a big like a big box store. Circus City. No, not not. Nobody <laughs> is, beats the whiz. Close, close to nobody beats the okay. whiz, and in that vein, but it's in the valley. Wait, was that the name of the store or was that their slogan? That was both. It was called the Whiz. It was called Nobody Beats the Whiz. That yeah. was the, the full name of the store. Yes. You didn't know that? I just called it, thought it was called The Wiz and it was like, nobody beats The Wiz. Nobody beats The Wiz. Yeah. That was gonna a, beat the Wiz. I loved that. Yeah. Uh, anyone outside of New York has no idea what we're talking about. No, it was but a, it was like that concrete gray with like yeah. the red inlay neon. Yes. Oh, and it had so like a, good. It was like a, like a upside down triangle oh, kind of thing. So good. The other thing too is the only reason why people outside of New York might know The Wiz is because it was on an episode of Seinfeld where uh, Elaine's boyfriend was hired to be The Wiz. <laughs> And he's like, I'm the whiz. Nobody beats me. And just like dancing around because that was his. That's a good Halloween costume. The whiz from Nobody Beats the. Yeah, it's really (laughs) fucking good. It's very obscure. Feel free to use it, guys. Yeah. Um, But anyway, love William H. Macy. Uh, And he plays this role role so well. His wife, 
is just done with him. Just can't stand him. Can't stand him. He's just like so fed up with his and his design. superhero outfit is his child's catcher's chest plate. Yeah. And uh, knee pads and elbow pads. And his wife's like, he needs that for his game. And he's like, I paid for it. I'm going to use it. I'm saving (laughs) lives. I have to use my gift from God and dig real well. I shovel and I shovel well. I shovel well. Yeah. Uh, I love William H. Mason. Um, Okay. So then we've got uh, Kel Mitchell, who is the invisible boy. Yeah. And he's only invisible if nobody is looking. Didn't you? You had a fun fact about this. Do you remember your fun fact? Yeah. So that was. That whole character was um, created when the writer was hammered and thought it would be funny if he could get away with it. Guess what he did? Well, what's really funny, too, is like and I and I think I said is like outside of Good Burger and some of the things like Cal Mitchell didn't do a lot as far as like mainstream movies. And like no. I was excited for him that he got this because we all know where Keenan is. Right. Keenan to this day he's on SNL. He's been there for like 15 years at this point. Yeah. But you know what? I was thinking about it the other day. You know, like some people when they're on SNL for too long, it's just like so played. Yeah. But like he he's just he's versatile. He's yeah. Everywhere. Like anything they ask him to do, he can do it. But that's the thing is that there's a lot of other people on SNL. We're all over the place now, but that's fine. A lot of other comedians on SNL when they're on too long, it's still like the and I won't mention their names, but like it's still like it's all about them. Yeah, like any absolutely. sketch they play in, yeah, like, he's happy to be the background funny right. guy. Yeah. He's happy to just sit there and like make a like a make a silly face in the background for and be sure. a secondary character. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good point. Utility player, they call them. Absolutely. So, good for okay. Good for so we got our boy Paul Rubens. Oh, love Paul Rubens. And and I will say, out of all the characters in this, he is both of our favorites. He, okay, yeah, absolutely my favorite because he plays it so well. It's really funny that they don't want anything to do with him. Like they're all just annoyed by him. Well, his face is so <laughs> off-putting. Like I the warts all over oh his face. Oh my god, it's so fucking disgusting. And you know, his whole thing is he farts. <laughs> it's his whole thing. And one of the fun facts uh that we uncovered is there is a scene where he farts and then there's a small explosion behind him. And that was a one hundred percent an accident. One of the crew members threw a plastic lighter into a barrel yeah. that was behind him, and so he farted and it caused a small explosion because of what was in the barrel. Okay. And they kept it in the movie. But just like at the same time. At the same time. It's like shortly after he farts, but they just like, I'm sure they probably edited it to look like it was in it. Yeah. And they kept it in. But he is, um, yeah, he's like the kid that wants to be included. Yeah. And they want nothing to do with him. Yeah. And his, I, I don't know, we talked about it, like Paul Rubens is so, yeah. at this point in his career, really forgotten. Yeah. And it was awesome that they gave him this role because he fucking killed it. He did. He really did. Yeah. I mean, he's he's always been known, like anyone that worked with him in like the Groundlings and all the places like he, he kind of came up from. I didn't realize how many years he had been at it. Like it goes back to the long fucking time. Yeah. You know, Pee Wee was in the eighties, but like he had been plugging away. He'd been created, you know, working on that character since the seventies. And everyone that works with him knows how sharp he is and, and, or you knew how sharp he was, but this, even this character, like his entire, like you look at all the other characters in the movie. Yeah. He's the one where like, and I think I, you know, like he's the one that's afraid. Like he shows fear. Like, you know, he's like, he has a, he has his power, but it's also, there's this one scene when they're attacking the car and they're all kind of like working together to attack the car. And I think it's him and Kel Mitchell kind of get paired up together Mm -hmm. to like work together. And, uh, 
and he he's 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 fun to watch. Like, he's just like, yeah, Paul Rubens in general, like, he's fun. And he gets shot in the ass. And then he does. I love the fact that, like, he's, like, scared the whole time and timid. And the moment he, with that Paul Rubens scream, he's like, my ass, I got shot in the <laughs> Like, he's just, he's, he's <laughs> like, upset and hurt. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, he's, his character's great in this. I love, I would, I'd watch a whole movie of the spleen. I'd be, you know. And then. Uh, we have Jeffrey Rush, who plays uh, uh, the best, like, I think the best superhero name ever created. It's Casanova Frankenstein. Yeah, I love her just shoving The fact together. that that is not the name yeah. of a band really upsets me. Like, that is, hello, yeah. all punk- calling all punk bands from the early so 2000. Sure. How is there no Casanova Frankenstein? Yeah. Uh, but then there's also uh, Ben Stiller. Okay. Ben Stiller is underutilized in this. I, I, just- I, <laughs> I am not a Ben Stiller hater. Yeah. And we, okay. I told the story in our first iteration, but I will tell, I will never hate on Ben Stiller because he did come in to the bar I was working at on my birthday and tip me a lot. Yeah. Because everybody was taking shots of Patron and he didn't want to take a shot. So I kept giving him water and he was wishing me happy birthday and he gave me a very big tip. So I'm going (laughs) to, I'm, I'm on his side, but like, he was annoying in this, like just so. And I think that was the whole point, right? Is like you're yeah. supposed to be annoyed with him. And well, that's the thing, too, is like, I mean, years later, and maybe this comedy has changed in general, but like his entire shtick is almost kind of grating at this point where he's just like he wants so badly to be the leader. And he's his whole shtick is I'm, you know, Mr. Fur- like Furious and he's gets he gets angry. And then, you know, he finally unlocks that. You finally get to see him actually be angry to like a superhero level. Um, but you know, I, I don't, yeah, yeah, it's just grading. Like, and that's the thing it too, is. is they sort of extend the storyline further by just like with his whole back and forth and not going along with the rest of the team and stuff. And the other thing I'll mention there too, is it's difficult because like, he's supposed to sort of be the leader of the team, but William H. Macy does it so well. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, they're not yeah. lost without him. Like, he needs them more than they need him. And that brings us, I think, to Janine Garofalo's yes. character, um, Carol the Bowler. And yeah. she's uh, she's got a crystal bowling ball that contains the skull yeah. of her dead father. Yes, who she talks to. Who she talked Carmine the Bowler, Carmine which the is Bowler. hilarious. Yes. And um, he died fighting the Disco Boys. Yes. Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard plays... Uh, Tony P, which is yeah. Casanova Frankenstein's right hand man and the leader of the Disco Boys gang. Can I just tell you, that's the one thing I do love about this movie is that you're you're thrown in. And I mean, you know, origin stories weren't a really big thing back in the, you know, no. 90s that you just got thrown right into here. A superhero exists. Here's their story. And uh, this is great because there's so much world building. I talk about all the time on this podcast all the time. I love world building. There is so much world built around, you know, the the Disco Boys and Tony P and Frankenova uh, <laughs> Frankenstein or Casanova Frankenstein. Casanova Frankenstein, and they're in like three seconds of the movie. Yeah, it's I fantastic. Love it. Yeah, it's it's that that's the that's the fun to me is that, um, like there's all the meetings of all the different groups of oh, bad yeah. guys, the goody boys or the not so goody boys or whatever the fuck it is, and also like we kind of talked about it, but. This is the whole point is they're making fun of yeah. like the ridiculousness of superheroes and superhero yeah. movies and that kind of stuff. So it's a little satirical, a little spoofy, but um, there is like a, a underlying 
okay, very, I will say, I didn't like it, but there is an <laughs> underlying like hilarity to what they're doing. And there's yeah. a scene where they have all these people coming because they need more superheroes to help yeah. them. They're having tryouts. They're having tryouts. Yeah. And that's where we get Dane Cook. Yeah. Right? Dane Cook is in there. <laughs> Sorry, we're yawning, guys. We've been at this a long time. Dane Cook is there as the waffler. Yeah. He's very, he's, this is pre like, you know, playing big colleges and stuff. Dane Cook. This is before people really knew Dane Cook. Uh, it's like, let's just, it's like a point three seconds. Yeah. He literally just walks up. And he's like, I'm the waffler. Right. But it's hilarious to me that it's like, oh, out of all the comedians and people to like have these like little bit walk on parts real quick. So it's fucking funny. Dane Cook in 1999, who is definitely Dane Cook. And it's kind of funny because he looks a little younger but beyond that, he could be his character in waiting. Yeah. In that little yeah. outfit get up that he's yeah. got on. He's still he's still in that phase where he looks a little bit more Ryan Reynolds than Dane Cook. For sure. But uh, but he but he has that voice where he's like, I'm the waffler. Like he's doing that yeah. whole like, <laughs> the way he Dane Cook talks that we yeah. apparently liked for a hot minute in like 2006. I really did. I will tell you, we like my friends and I have the the CD folks. That's a round disc that played music. And um we had the CD. We listened to it all the time. We loved it. The Dane Cook. The Dane Cook. Uh, the the what was it? The Kool Aid Man sketch. Was that the one where I was going to say? Is that the one where he's like, you know, talking about like cars screeching in parking lots? And- In the yeah, it sounds like a chase scene yeah. from Chips. The, I think about that. I literally think about that every time I'm in a parking garage and I'm like going a mile an hour. And it's like Ee-ee-ee! I'm like fucking Dane Cook. We've got Ned Bellamy plays Funk, and then yeah. there's a CeeLo Green. I love the CeeLo Green one because I saw that Michelin Man in the background. Incredible. And I was like, is that CeeLo Green? And a tiny little young CeeLo Green. Yeah. <laughs> he was and still bald, though. He That motherfucker was still bald. You know what he looks like? You remember in It's Always Uh-oh. Sunny when Frank, Frank is like, he, he gets like, I think it's during like their uh, quarantine episode, and Frank is like, drowns himself in Purell and shaves oh his eye and he's like, I gotta be pure. God. That's that that's what CeeLo Green looks like. <laughs> it's that's unfortunate, little- friends. That Tom said that, not me. Uh but I just really can say that Tom said that. Um and then Artie Lang makes a little a little show of it. Yeah. As Big Red, he leads the Red Eyes gang. That's what I'm saying. There's just all these ridiculous yeah. tiny gangs that yeah. just I love that. I love that because it's really like such an have, expanded universe. Yeah, just have they have no bearing on the movie, the no. plot or the ending whatsoever, which is incredible. Um, and, uh, Tom Waits, yeah. which we talked about at length round one of this. Yeah. It's, you know, okay. So in this movie, he hadn't been acting a lot yet. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you watch him, he's doing these weird things with his hands where he's like this a lot. He's waving and his hands. He's waving his hands. Like, like, looking his palms. Yeah. Cause all of his dialogue is written on his hands. Fucking incredible. That's all. I mean, I, the fact that he let him get away with it, but to your point and Again, I'm referencing in sync again, but like they were talking about like, oh, I love anything with Tom Waits in it. Right. Because that's the thing. Like, who doesn't? Absolutely. Who doesn't? Like, people love Tom Waits. But and if you say you don't, I don't trust you. But that's the thing is like the fact that like, hey, here, Tom, you want to be in a movie like you just have like a small part. And then he's made a whole career off of doing that now. And he's done all these like random movies everywhere. And and I think we were looking at like the batting average of the like movies he's in. He's actually in. And then it, them being good movies is really hot. It's really good. And. He's not 
good. No, <laughs> he's not a good actor. He's not no, good. In anything. But you just see him and you're like, holy shit, yeah. it's Tom Waits. It's his like awkwardness and the way he yeah. plays it. And, you know, and that's the thing, too, is I will give it credit. Right. There's a lot of movies where it's like, oh, shit, there's that celebrity that I know. Yeah. That like, you know, showing up. Uh, and that's not what Tom Waits is like. Tom Waits being yeah. injected into it is like, you know, I, it's like. I don't know. It's like it's like, oh, suddenly this went from being a movie to like a Twin Peaks episode because Tom Waits showed up (laughs) (laughs) and he's not like. Here's the thing, if you put Tom Waits in anything, he's adding to the scene. Yeah, it's not like Dane Cook is a waffler. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's you're very aware that Tom Waits is in this scene and running the show. Yeah. Um, So one of our our fun facts was uh, Ricky Jay plays a publicist in this who um, you don't know is a magician. Loved, love, love Ricky Jay. Also, Ricky Jay. And I know I always wonder some of the behind the scenes stuff about how people end up in movies or like calling friends. I think we, you know, you had told me about how Janine Garofalo ended up in this, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, uh, Ricky Jay was in all the Paul Thomas Anderson movies with William H. Macy. So I wonder if there's a connection there about how they landed. I bet there is because we've talked about that a little bit like this. This is still very heavily where comedy crews acted together. So you you're seeing all the same people in in these like little tiny movies leading up to this. And there's actually a line that Ricky Jay says he tells Captain Amazing, I'm a publicist, not a magician. Yeah, (laughs) I never caught that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um. And another one that I have here that is different from our first round, uh, the the shoveler's motivational speech in the mm-hmm. diner is basically a modern version, like word for word, of the Battle of Agincourt speech in William Shakespeare's Henry V. <laughs> <laughs> just like they just made these. That's kind of the genius of this movie. If yeah. there is any is like they they pull from all these very important things. Yeah. To just create this world. Yeah. And we. Okay. I I feel bad because I do say how much I dislike this movie. But. I don't hate it. I just would never watch it again. Okay. Yeah. That's. I just want to say that. I want to say. First. Like. Would you. I. Like. I'm going to watch Mystery Men today. No. I've got my fix of it. Because the thing is like. It's interesting. Because to the point of all this. Right. Like everyone in it is like really fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Hank Azaria and Janine Garofalo and Eddie Izzard and Greg Kinnear and William H. Macy and, of course, Paul Rubens, you know. But once you get past that, it's like, OK, I'm good. I'm good well, there, now. Yeah. There was a lot of animosity on the set. And we talked about this a little bit in the first episode, but I have more info on it now. So. There was a lot of arguing. Mm-hmm. Now, the, we're talking about the guy that directed this movie did yeah. not. He never did a feature film before he only did commercials yeah so now you have a bunch of comedy legends yeah trying to figure out what the comedic tone of this movie is going to be and they were arguing about it constantly yeah and apparently ben stiller said on in an interview on um the late show yeah he said that he and greg kinnear got into a massive fucking argument on set really and after right after that, Stiller tried to get released from the film. Really? Like it was that bad. And it was all about the comedic tone and how they wanted this movie to go, because wow. you can kind of feel that yeah. the comedic tone shifts in the movie. Yeah. It feels a little scattered. And I thought that was kind of the point. But obviously, yeah. when we did research for this, I saw that that was like 
this director who's yeah. never done a comedy before is probably taking yeah. point from a bunch of people like, oh, no, I think we should do slapstick. No, I think it should be dark comedy. Yeah. No, I think it should be more absurdist comedy. And you yeah. kind of get all of them. Yeah. But it is a little bit all over the place. Well, I was going to say, too, I mean, keep in mind, like my my assumptions are always was there like studio interference? Was the studio yeah. being like, oh, hey, this movie came out and it did great. So can you make your movie more like X? Yeah. And 1999, again, I can't mention the name of it, but there was a, <laughs> uh, what, fourth, third, fourth sequel to a yeah. superhero movie that yeah. came out. It was like essentially reset the entire franchise because it was so bad and so poorly received because it was way too campy. And so and half of the sets were used for this movie. Was it really more than half the sets? Yeah. But to that point, that's the thing is like you can look at this and say, because especially the ending, right? Like the movie has that very 90s like we did it, everyone. High five. We are mystery men like, you know. Where everyone's supposed to be like, yeah, I hope there's a sequel. I love like the jump freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone jumps. It's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. And it's supposed to like, you know, like all oh, these old quirky characters. I hope I see them again. Kind of vibe. It not playing it like it's a one off or like, you know, off into the sunset kind of thing. And and that's the thing to me is like that that setting the tone of like, no, no, no if you're here to like make fun of superhero culture yeah. and fandom and and the the silly concepts like they're like you know William H Macy talks about he's like hey you ever see uh it's Greg Kinnear's alter ego he's like you ever see him doesn't he look like so captain funny. doesn't Lance Hunt look like captain amazing but just with glasses and they're like oh here we go again he's like no think about it you ever and he's like and was it uh blue raja's like he can't be him no he wears glasses he wears glasses yeah. <laughs> like just playing those tropes and making yeah. fun of them like and ripping them down. That's what I said too. Is like I think if this movie had come out, you know, twenty years later or even fifteen or ten, like to tear it down, like that to me is is like the like that's the vibe. If this came out now, yeah, it would like okay, it's not going to be a box office hit, right? But there is a group of people, yeah. who are tired with the fact that the only blockbuster movies that exist now are, with the exception of Barbie and Oppenheimer that just came out, but are. MCU, DC, yeah. or um, Avatar. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. the past, like, 15 years. Yeah. So, you know, you've got your, your Top Guns and stuff sprinkled in there. Yeah. But if this came out now, I feel like it would have a real cult following. Yes. Yeah. Like, we could recast and reshoot this. Let's do this. Yeah. We're going to get a Mystery Men 2030. Yeah. And we're going to reshoot this and redo it because yeah. it could, I mean... It kind of got lost in the sauce. And we did look up yeah. that it got released. It, they pushed the release by a week. Yeah. Because Blair Witch Project came out. Right. Which, which is a massive fucking yeah. box office hit. Yeah. That was, that was, there was no competing with also that. Also money cakes because the, what was the budget for Blair Witch Project and like, what no. they made? They it made was, it with like a camcorder. Like, yeah. <laughs> they fucking did. pennies. And then you've got this movie that only grossed, what was it, like 33 million? Uh, 33.5 of, of a $68 million budget. It lost so half not, the money. Yeah. So not great, guys. Not great. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, back to Janine Garofalo, um, she turned this role down yeah. because she wanted, you know, she just didn't. She was like, oh, that probably is going to suck. And then she found out that William H. Macy signed on. Yeah. And she was like, OK, I'm in. Yeah. Also learned that Carmine is her father's name. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Like her, like, her, like, her life, actual yeah. father. And, uh, you know, we we've 
kind of touched on it a little bit, but Janine Garofalo, she kind of fell off yeah. after the early 2000s. Yeah. And it sucks because she's hilarious. She is. And uh, again, in the 90s, she was doing a lot of rom-coms and it was very clear that like, like I, again, envisioning like studio interference. Like I also envision like there being, you know, like her, an agent being like, Oh, we got you this rom-com. Like we're going to make you the next it girl. Yeah. Like, you're funny. And she's and, not that. No, she's not that. She kept playing against type. So it was like, what the truth about cats and dogs. What, what are the movies was? I always, I keep forgetting all the movies. She turned she down Renee Zellweger's role in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Hilarious. Because I could never see her in that. She's too sarcastic. She's too sarcastic. And it was America's Sweethearts or just Sweethearts, whatever the hell. Yeah. She was in that one. And, you know, there there was no role for Janine Garofalo then. It was, yeah. if you are going to be a woman and you're going to be funny, you have yeah. to be in love with a man, yeah. fallen out of love with a man, been cheated on by a man. You couldn't just be right. funny and a female in a movie or a television show for the sake of being funny and a female. Yeah. Did not exist. Yeah. So, she, like you said, she was typecast and it just did not vibe with her yeah she was in in the 90s we're talking when she was in um uh well she was in bye bye love she was in uh now and then she was in so the truth about cats and dogs opposite uma thurman she was in uh sweethearts and she was in the matchmaker the other thing i want to mention too is the two standout movies from her entire like a was the cable guy which is like a what you know one scene cameo yeah absolutely where she's the 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 waitress melinda at the uh medieval times mm-hmm. and a Romy Michelle's high school reunion, which she has a bigger role in, but she plays like a neurotic yeah. chain smoking. Yes. Just, you know, pissed off, like hates the world. It's the best. Yeah. She's great in that again. And but it's her playing other types. And that's the thing too, is like, again, she, she worked with Ben Stiller on the Ben Stiller show. That's where like, it was like her and Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, uh, Andy Dick thrown in there too. But the fa- that fun fact about the fact that she didn't sign on to Mystery Men until she learned that William H. Macy was doing it while Ben Stiller was already signed on is such a giant red flag to me. Yeah, there must be something there. And yeah. I, I'm I'm acknowledging that Ben Stiller's had some very problematic things come out about him. Yeah. As of late as well. well it just sounds like he's difficult to work with. Like he like not and difficult to work with as in like maybe he's like a little yeah. bit of a. Is there more that I'm missing? Or I don't know. Um. Oh, but, but we do have to talk about the fact that Michael Bay. Yeah, he also does a cameo in this movie and he's one of the frat boys that asks about the beers and yeah. he's I actually read since since phase one of the recording yeah. that he like hated doing it like he yeah. wanted to be in the movie and he got this part and then hated it yeah you can't get your cake and eat it too you just want to be in every fucking movie uh and by the by the way really random there there hasn't been a lot said about anything between Janine Garofalo and uh, Janine Garofalo and Ben Stiller. But I will mention for whatever reason or for whatever the background is uh, in an interview that he did uh, talking about severance, uh, Janine Garofalo did come up and, um, and Ben Stiller did mention how he'd love to work with her again. Mm. Let's see if she feels the same way. Yeah. I don't, I don't, again, I don't know the, context i don't know where that's coming from i don't know if there's anything more to that but it, it's you know it, that exists well, she hated this apparently this movie she said it was after very, the fact or making it uh she said it was a very long hours and she they got very little accomplished and it was one of those alleged blockbusters that was so over budgeted and overhyped and yeah. went from being a great script and when it was sent to me to being 
in my opinion, a fairly mediocre non-event. But it wasn't nice to get paid that much to sit around. I have no idea what they were trying to do with the film, but they sure didn't accomplish it. So sounds like she fucking hated it. I gotta say, I don't like looking at the outcome and trying to imagine the infighting, like Ben Stiller and Greg Kinnear going at it, like all this other stuff, all the drama that happened behind the scenes. How bad? What? No, no wonder this guy never directed a movie. I don't blame him. I do not blame him. And, you know, there's like a a bunch of shit that was cut. Yeah. Luis Guzman played a Mexican restaurant owner and he was played a shit ton to be in this movie. They cut everything that had to do with that. Like, I don't even fucking see him. Uh, Funny. Well, well, I guess another fun connection there. Luis Guzman uh, was in Boogie Nights and Magnolia as well. With William H. Macy. So. Did did they just like hey like William H Macy you got any friends you like working with and they just put pulling in people from in cameo roles I mean roles? they must because um this is so the we never even said his name but the director's name was Kinka Usher yeah this is it yeah he did this one is, yeah. this, this is, is in like some this Toyota was commercials it. <laughs> did not did not vibe with him and I can see why yeah. I mean, my my assumption hearing all these stories is that this was a commercial director who was thrown into a giant big budget blockbuster by some person's random decision and they were way in over their head and didn't know how to. Well, Bob Burden that created this movie, that wrote this movie, the one that wrote the fucking drunk joke about the visible boy. Um, He said that he really thinks that they chose this project like Universal chose this project and made the big deal about this project because they loved the antagonist of Casanova Frankenstein's name. He's like, I'm like completely like sold. You. Yeah. I'm completely sold. Yeah. That's, that's what I, that's my favorite part. Yeah. His gross long fingernails. Oh yeah. Jeffrey Rush plays he, this character so, so well. well. Yeah. Apparently the whole long fingernails were, um, what's her name? What's the hot nineties lady's name? Janine Claire Forlani's oh. uh, idea. Really? Like long, creepy fingernails. Oh, they're so gross. How did she shoehorn that into the... I don't know. How did she... All right. Listen. She's not even the main cast. Listen, if it's in my fun facts, it must be true, guys. But I, I mean, to your point, and, and you know, you have Ben Stiller who comes from like a, you know, his parents and his, especially his dad yeah. being like comedy legends. Um, You know, you have... I mean, if you could run through the entire cast, like everyone is has comedy chops, but from different places. And so yeah. here, see, like seeing that potentially clashing makes total sense, especially if there's no oh, director who's like absolutely. trying to. Yeah. But there's like all these weird things. So, OK, so Janine Garofalo's parents actually owned a bowling alley. Oh, oh wow. And so I wonder if they wrote this part like, oh, Janine Garofalo is going to do this. We're going to name the main character after her dad. Yeah. She's going to throw a 30 pound bowling ball, which she said killed her arm and yeah. shoulder. But this is how you know it's bad. Where Artie Lang, he said that he's only acted in bad movies. <laughs> and he considers this to be the worst movie he's ever made. Really? Yeah. And he said that after seeing his brief scene in the beginning of the film, his mother and sister called him from the theater to ask if he would any have any more scenes because they wanted to leave. Jeez. I didn't hate it that much, guys. Jesus. I mean, people, this is not the kind of movie. Like, this became a, like, this was a kind of like a cult classic, if anything. You think but- so? I mean, yeah, to a certain extent. Okay. You know, I'll we'll, we'll let you have that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's really funny out of everything you're saying about how everyone hated working with it. Uh, the one poll quote I have here is um, uh, Ben Stiller would love to return for mystery men too. 
Well, only shit. person. Oh, I I have a feeling that when they're talking about personalities on set, yeah. I think the personalities came from maybe Ben Stiller's multiple personalities. Yeah. But um, I don't think that uh, Mystery Men Two should happen. I think. Well, maybe I really do think a reboot would do well right now. Yeah, yeah. If you rebooted this and and really played off of, I mean, obviously it's based on an original comic, but but you could bring back these guys and like all of these people with the exception. So Paul Rubens has passed, obviously. Yeah. Um, who else has passed? I think Jeffrey Rush is still kicking, right? Were you? Is Jeffrey Rush still around? I mean, Ricky Jay passed, but I mean, he's not like a main. Character. Yeah, yeah. Um, are we good? Do we? You know, Tom Waits still around. I mean, great yeah, I think he's still alive. Yeah. But if we if they did that, where like they're passing the torch to like another yeah. group, it yeah. would be hilarious. They could open the movie the same way in yeah. a nursing home, and instead of it being Artie Lang, it could be these guys yeah. in like a nursing home for superheroes. Yeah, which would be hilarious. But there's there's something there. Yeah, they just didn't do it. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I mean, that that's absolutely fair. And the way this movie is structured, that's why I'm like, I totally blame the director. Um, I don't, though, because really I'll blame the director in the sense that he didn't have a backbone to stand up to them and like yeah. stick with his creative vision. Yeah. Um, But like, it sounds like he was dealing. I mean, look at this list. He's dealing with some big fucking personalities. And this is his first movie. Yeah. A lot of directors first movies are not directing giant stars yeah these yeah, aren't like fair. bc ddf yeah. some of them are a plus 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 yeah at the time let's just say yeah, at the yeah, time yeah, absolutely um so I, I feel like he kind of had his work cut out for him and he did not have the backbone that he would have needed yeah um and clearly he sucked but you know yeah i don't know i i the soundtrack's really good yeah all star <laughs> a lot of disco yeah. I really like the disco. Yeah, I was gonna say, remember, remember the late '90s and and how much we loved disco we love again. Disco. Yeah, I love that. I love that era. It was. By it was the way, yeah. it one of the fun facts that came up was shoveling mm-hmm. and using a shovel was actually a tactic that they taught soldiers for when they're when they were digging foxholes if they could not get to their bayonet or their rifles, how to use a shovel as a weapon. So I guess not too. I wonder if that's where it came from. I, I mean, there's real. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. So, so I, I think we both made it clear and I don't think either of us would go back and watch it again. Right. Like we're. No. And I, and fulfilled. You know me, I feel bad saying I don't like something. But yeah. I just. I watched it. Is, is it worth How about this? Is it worth watching if you've never seen it before? No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's a fa- if you fair. like if you like superhero movies, I think you would really enjoy this because you it pokes all the holes in plots for superhero movies that we kind of just accept and we're like, how are we not all agreeing that this is fucking ridiculous? Yeah, and and so it does. It does yeah. that. It spoofs it well, but yeah. there's just. I think maybe why I don't like it. No, I know lots of reasons why I don't like it, but one of the reasons I really don't like it is because I was like, they. They had it, man. Yeah. The idea. And we yeah. talked about like the movie poster. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. It's like black and like all their faces are there with like neon greens and blues yeah. and purples behind them. They're all different colors. Yeah, and- it looked fucking badass. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't. I didn't. I did not expect when I saw the career yeah. or the the career, the cast. Yeah. I didn't expect a fucking blockbuster superhero film. That's I expect. I expected a comedy. Yes. 
but I also expected a comedy. Hmm. I don't want to say higher end because I don't feel like comedy needs to be overproduced. And I, I liked how hokey this movie was at times. I liked that yeah. it didn't make sense. It had a space balls feel where it was just yeah. like, Oh, the, the best, the, the best scene in the entire movie to your point, like the best scene in the entire movie is when they accidentally, accidentally kill captain. Yes. Me. Yeah. You just accidentally kill him. And yep. Janine Garofalo's, if you look at her, if you haven't seen this and you do watch it, you look at her, um, her face yeah. they didn't tell her that they were going to have a piece of greg kinnear fall off a piece of greg kinnear just like, like fall off in her hand so she goes to check him for a pulse and like yeah. her reaction is completely genuine because yeah. they did it on purpose they were like yeah. let's freak her the fuck out yeah um but you know that it's if they had done that more if they stuck the absurdist line i would have loved it yeah that, i mean yeah. yeah it has an identity crisis and for i sure and it's i but i think that the thing that i struggle with is it doesn't seem you were saying like it was trying to figure out what kind of comedy it wanted to be. Yeah. I also think it wasn't sure if it wanted to be serious or a comedy. Like I, like there are some parts that take itself way too serious. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, like um, I want to say even like the, the scenes when they're training, like they're like they're taking they're taking it too seriously. Like there's not enough. It, it doesn't exist for the for the sake of being in a comedy. It just exists no, for the sake and of they an action plot. Exactly. They could have done. They could have been like, let's do that, you know, corny training scene that yeah. every. It's going to be a montage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just and but ridiculous things. Yeah. Like they could have been working out and lifting weights with like, you know, invisible boy is their weight. Yeah. Like something stupid, just stupid, stupid stuff. And they, you know. Yeah. It just kept missing the boat. And I'm, I'm yeah. really sorry, guys. I'm sorry to. The gentleman who directed this, please forgive me. Well, the Sphinx, right? Oh, we didn't even talk about the Sphinx. Well, I just want, I just want to mention, like, the Sphinx, like, uses his minds to cut the fire, firearms in half, right? He, like, yeah. like, and that's played completely straight. Like, everyone else had his, like, sort of, like, quirky superhero yeah. powers. Like, again, <laughs> there's Hank Azaria throwing forks and spoons. You've got Tom Waits, who makes non-lethal weapons. Yes. He's a mad scientist. Makes weapons. Right. Can't kill anybody. A tornado in a can. Yeah. Tornado in a can. But the guy, the Sphinx actually has like an actual like legitimate superpower and it's played straight. It's not played for laughs. It's it's very serious. And then it's like, all right, but like, and I, that's the point is like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here. It's like, don't take yourself so seriously. And that could have worked. Yeah. That could have worked. Yeah. It didn't. No. But it could have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> could have. Yeah. And the only thing that seems to like actually, well, and that's the other thing too is, you know, Casanova Frankenstein is played as being like this like super baddie who's like, yeah, they're not taking it seriously or like he's not being taken seriously, but he's actually a bad guy. That part to me is the best part of, of it. And in the beginning it's played up where like, oh, Greg Kinnear is like sort of taking it for granted. And it's like, oh no, shit, you're in trouble now because like he actually is a really bad A really bad guy who you freed because right. you were bored and wanted the love of of the yeah. nation again because you weren't you didn't have any bad guys to right. to attack. But even the way like his downfall is played is like super hokey too. Where yeah. it's just like you can't be both. You can't be like, oh no, he is an actual threat. And then oh, okay, Ben Stiller like what kicked him a little bit. You know, and then everything like, yeah, that was fucking trash. Yeah. Like even like the, the, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's the thing. It's like the movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It's, I think when I was, however old I was when this came out in 1999 was like, oh, cool. Look at my soup, like these comedy legends to me. And that was cool. 
older now and like watching it, I'm like, this movie's a mess. Yeah. And you know, like we said, 99 was a weird fucking year. Yeah. But like there were some bangers that came out in 99. So they really like, let's look this up. What were the best movies released in 99? Because there were a lot. Yeah. And you can't, you can't like compete with that. No. And a lot of them, are we talking comedies? Are we talking... I mean, well, it wanted to be a comedy and it wanted to be an action movie. Yeah. I mean, Magnolia came out in 99. Yeah. You see that? <laughs> uh, cruel Intention. She's all that. Big dad. Yeah. Big daddy. Yeah. I was going to say you have. <gasps> the mummy. Oh, oh Pete. Brennan Fraser. Fraser. Oh, my God. Um, yes, please. She's all that. Ten Things They Hate About You. A lot of like fun teen comedies. They don't do that. a lot of that stuff anymore. Talented Mr. Ripley. Um. Blast from, the, blast from the past. There's that there's blast that retro futurism again. There you At go. Boondock Saints. Office space. Wild West. You remember uh, Wild Wild West? That was terrible. I Being saw John Office. Malkovich. And Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Stay tuned for yeah. Sleepy Hollow, folks. I was going to say, I, I actually got to see Office Space in theaters. And no one else was there. I was there. Well, I was probably getting vagina tingles in the mummy. Well, how about this? You know what movie came out that year? And I think this is a good comparison. Oh, and Cruel Intentions. (gasps) There was a lot of Amanda's sexuality happening in 1999, apparently. Dudley (laughs) Do-Right. There you go again. I was going to say, The Spy Who Shagged Me, the sequel to Austin Powers, came out that year. That is a movie. Again, this movie movie wasn't created to specifically be a parody Mm -hmm. of a genre, right? Like, people kind of forget Austin Powers was created as a like as a parody or a takedown of like seven or sixties and swinger spy movies and, and things like that, which it was so far removed from that, from like the decade when it was, it's making fun of that. That's what kind of made it fun. It, the nineties had a few comedies that I feel like people tended to like, were really smart and sharp Yeah, that people tended to look over like how it came to be like the Brady bunch movie, right? That entire concept of like, what if you take the Brady Bunch and just put them in like modern nineties LA and that's where they live. And like, but they're still the Brady Bunch. And it's so it's so good. Good. It's so good. And same thing with like, you know, Fish Out of Water, Austin Powers, where he's frozen and that that's the whole plot, right? And then, you know, so like it gets to take down a genre while doing that. And so and by the way, to be clear, right, the Brady Bunch movie was a takedown of the Brady Bunch and the sitcom and like the potential, like, sure. rehashing of like old movies and them trying to like re like, you know, Gilligan's Island back again, like, like bringing back old, you know, there I'm looking at this list, by the way, yeah. of what you're saying. And there were so many of those like, in that year. What what else do you have? Well, you've got um, Galaxy Quest was 1999. Yeah. There was another Star Wars in 1999. Yeah. Fucking Matrix was 1999. Yeah. Sixth Sense. But, I mean, but Galaxy Quest is another great one. A great it's, one. It's a parody, which we have to do that movie at some point. Yes, but, like, but they, they did it right. Yes, exactly. They did it right. Right. They're essentially doing a takedown of Star yes, Trek. Yeah. They had it in their brain, what they wanted to do, and they executed it. There but, was yeah. yeah, there was no identity crisis there. But there's there's a good one, too, because I think that's a great that's a great connection to Mystery Men, because that's one where are the, is it does it exist fully to be a. A, a parody of a genre or or a, a, something else it's essentially parodying star trek but it also is its own thing like it's yes. made out to be its own thing but it, it does it so well 
that it earns its keep kind of thing. Oh yeah. And whereas like mystery men, it does not earn its keep to go up against, you know, Iron Man or like other no. movies. Yeah. And, and dogma came out in 99 too. And dogma is yeah. another one of those movies didn't do great at the box office. Right. But if you've seen Dogma, I love Dogma. Yeah. One of my favorite movies. A lot of great cameos and, and like fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Big Daddy came out in 99. Yeah. So it was against a lot of big comedies, but it had the opportunity to get Galaxy. That's a perfect example is Galaxy yeah. Quest got the numbers that yeah. it needed to get because it did what it did well. Yes. They could have done this. Yeah. Better. Yeah. It was poorly executed. It was very right. poorly executed. And again, the fact that you had Ben Stiller and, and Janine Garofalo. Greg Kinnear. Greg, yeah. William H. Macy. Yeah. Like top, top tier. Hank Azaria. Yeah. Well, I was just going actors. for like just people who were like known for being comedy writers. Yeah. You had great comedy writers and none of them were involved in the writing of that movie. Well, I think that was the problem yeah. is they all wanted to be. And so yeah. they all tried to take the reins. Yeah. And- there we are. It's an ensemble trash, comedy. Trash, trash, yeah, Poorly executed, but. Such big trash. Anyway, uh, I think if anything, we've sort of unleashed a lot of, I, I have been struggling. Speaking of Austin Powers, I have been struggling with, and I know how old I was when I saw it because it was the year it came out and it was a big deal. But what is the appropriate age? And I'm not talking about like what the rating is. What's the appropriate age to show my well, son, son, Austin Powers? The opening scene. Yeah. Is it the spy who shagged me in the first Austin Powers where the opening scene, he's in bed with her and then her titties start shooting him? That's the second one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's where, that's that how they undo. That takes some explaining. Yeah. And he's a very sexual person, so a lot of the, like, the sexual undertones. Yeah. I just, he's in middle school now. Yeah. So, I, you, I mean, he's seen worse on TikTok. I have been trying to figure out, like, what, like when can I introduce him to certain movies? Okay. And, and that's one of them. And where it's just like, it's 1999. Yeah. I was in eighth grade. Okay. And I had already seen the first Austin Powers. Yeah. So let's just 97, right? Sixth grade. Yeah. So he's in the sixth grade. It's time. Girls are more mature than boys. All right. I think, yeah. But I think it might be time. You might want to talk to your wife about this. I'll be just showing. I mean, it's really funny. I showed him a clip from Jackass a week ago. Yeah. And, uh, I I unleashed something like I never heard him laugh so hard. I was like, yeah, but also it's not every bit they do on Jackass that I can show him. No, but Jackass is such a good like it's just dumb boy humor. Yeah. So that's something someone his age gets so perfectly. Yeah, because it's him seeing adults do stupid, stupid, kid stuff. stupid stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing that. that and it's like funny. you wish that you could do that with your friends, but you don't yeah. have the money, the time, the means or the permission of your parents to take a shopping cart. Yeah. And fucking fly it off the side of. a. Well, cliff. you were alive in the 90s. You remember like all the kids trying to emulate that and like. You yes, know. because I was a skateboarder. So every oh, yeah. skateboard like, OK, so I knew who the jackass guys were from. Yeah. Like. The videos. Yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. already watching skating videos yeah. where Bam and Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville were in them doing yeah. stupid shit. Yeah. And they were like a highlight reel at the end of these videos. Yeah. And we would literally go get the VHSs from the skate shop. Damn. And we would watch the skate videos and like be obsessed with them. And they were very, not, not to sound corny, they were very artistic. Like the music always matched yeah. the rhythm of what they were doing. And they were edited as well as they could be on VHS. Yeah. And these were handheld camcorders. These were not like... Yeah. People were were straight home videoing these. And this is how the jackass guys got their fame. Yeah. So I was aware of them already. 
but they made me laugh. Yeah. But it was like we would then bring these skate videos to my friends' houses who were not skating. They were like my jock friends that yeah. I was friends with from soccer. And we would I wouldn't make them watch the skateboarding parts. I would fast forward to the very end. Yeah. And we would just watch those 20, 30 minutes of Jackass clips. Yeah. And then when Jackass got huge, it was so exciting because it was like, oh, my God, now we yeah, can watch just come, like yeah. an hour of yeah. them doing this. And I get why some parents were like mortified because yeah. I was a girl watching it. Never yeah. once did I think this is not a girl thing. This is just a me yeah, thing. Yeah. I didn't think that looks fucking fun. Let yeah, me exactly. put a hamster in a condom and shove it up my ass. Yeah. Like that never appealed to me. Right. Yeah. Same. No, you know, same here. Even like, as a boy, like I was but not But it made me laugh that. so yeah. fucking hard. Yeah. And I think it's safe for it. He's a smart enough kid where he's not going to be like, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> this. He's not going to go out and go get a shopping cart and be like, mom, dad, I'm going to go play with a shopping cart. Bye. We definitely did that, though. I'll tell you yeah. that right now. We definitely took we did shopping yeah. cart races. We would yeah. have one person in one and one person in the other. And then you would have like battle bots where we'd yeah. toss them at each other. And you had to like hold on and you just like stay in the cart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were like little like, you know, like uh, tanks that you got to yeah, play around exactly. in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. my God. I think about that now. And I'm not trying to be a curmudgeon. But if I was in like let's say the target parking yeah. lot at 10 PM and I'd see kids doing that. I'd be like, if that little motherfucker yeah. <laughs> hits my car, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. You have to imagine too, like the shopping cart. If kids try to do that these days, those shopping carts are made of plastic and will buckle. It would hurt so, so bad. Yeah. You're going to get shards <laughs> so of plastic in your chest. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah. So 99 was a hard year to release a movie. If it was yeah. not primo. I mean, some really great ones came out. Yeah, I get it. This also makes me really sad because you brought up a point. There's no more she's all that. There's no more 10 things Mm -hmm. I hate about you. Although there's been a few. There is a new movie coming out called Bottoms. Have you heard of this? I thought it already came out. It did. I thought it did. Yeah. So uh, a guy at the um, farmer's market I was working for my other job, he was talking about how funny it looked. And we were talking about how there's no classic comedies anymore. And he said it looks hilarious. And I just read the synopsis and it looks fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, they, st- uh, they start a fight club. Yeah. Ao Edabiri uh, is in it. Yes. She's like the second. Yeah. yeah. That looks it looks so funny. Yeah. It looks like dumb, stupid comedy. Yeah. Which we haven't gotten very many of. No. And there's one other one here. And again, we're not okay. we're not being paid to plug this. But um, do you, do you remember um, uh, uh, Mad Men? Yeah, of course I remember Mad Men. Do you remember the little girl in Mad Men? What's her name? She was in Sally. She's in the Sabrina, the t- Sabrina show. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, her name is Sally. <laughs> is it really in the show in Mad Men? Oh no, no, but I'm saying, what's her name in real life? Uh, uh, Sally Draper. No, <laughs> that's not her name. Her name's Kiernan Shipka. Okay, yeah, Kiernan Shipka. Uh, she is in a new movie that's coming out uh for October. I'm trying to find it here right now as we're saying it. it's a um. By the way, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is fucking bomb. It was it. That's a that is a really good. It's really good. Yeah. Um. Totally killer. Have you seen the trailer to this? No. Um, you should just go watch the trailer, but uh, it's definitely a, I had my son watch the trailer and I realized like, oh, he shouldn't really be watching this. This Ew. is my, baby. but it is, it's a horror comedy from Blumhouse and it's okay. going to be on Amazon prime, but okay. I watched better. the trailer. Um, first off, uh, how do I say her name properly? Kiernan Shipka. Kiernan Shipka. Uh, is I love great. that I'm saying this with such, 
like execution. I have no fucking idea. I mean, that's my guess. Better than me, but okay. like, uh, she is great. Love her. And I've seen there was like a few other things I've seen her in here and there, but I don't think I don't think anything like she was like a leading star. Um, her comedy timing in here and everything looks fantastic. Okay, uh, you have to watch the trailer, but uh, she's in it. Um, and so is uh, what's her name from from? Oh, Modern she time Family. travels to the eighties to save her mom. Yes. Okay. Uh, Julie Bowen plays her mom. By the way, I can uh, see it. But uh. Really, it looks really good. I'm actually excited to see that. We should we okay. should do an episode on that when it comes out because it looks that. good. Uh, Halloweeny, it is Halloweeny. But uh, but yeah. All right, that's it for. Uh, well, guys, I'm sorry I didn't like this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know how hard that is for me to say I don't like something. Okay. I, like I was the little kid that if one of my stuffed animals wasn't like comfortable in the bed, I'd feel like I was hurting its feelings. I would rotate them so they would all get turns being in like a good spot in the bed. Yeah. Like I thought inan- inanimate objects had feelings. So um no no one from Mystery Men is listening to this podcast saying that I've hurt their feelings, but yeah. I did feel bad for just being like, oh my god, this is there's still an hour left. It I is It is a very this. long movie. That that is my biggest two uh, hours, Tom. Yeah. It is it is really long. The Barbie movie was two hours. That was that was that was acceptable. And I could hours. have had five hours of that movie. Yeah. But so that's it, guys. Mystery Men 2030. Stay tuned for the spec script coming to you by Gotham West Studios. <laughs> uh, a few thank yous to close out the show. We got to yes. start doing this now. We really do. We haven't we've been skipping. Yeah. This uh, thank you to our editor, Steph Winnegar. Uh, thank you to our production coordinator, Kyle Bosch. Our social media producer is Dale Stamfley. And you can follow us on all the social media. Every of them. Every of them. The ticks, the talks. It's a, can we talk about podcasts? It's a very yes, long please. Name. And so if you go over to our Instagram, especially and to our TikTok, um, we give away merch, guys. Yeah. So you want some merch? Ain't no dollars for it's you, homie. Free. It's we free. We don't 99. charge for merch here. We're not merch chargers. We're giving away free shirts. We're giving shirts. it away. Wear the swags. The, you know, there's a difference. We've been talking about it a lot and trying to like develop some like, new swag to give away and things. But like. Give us ideas if you have any, by the way. We are very averse. Like I, we talked about all the time. I worked in radio where like if you gave someone a T-shirt with like the radio station logo on it, that's just a shirt someone sleeps in. No one wears that out. of Excuse the house. me. You're talking to a club bartender. <laughs> the amount of fucking Bacardi and Coors Light T-shirts yeah. that I own that I still sleep into this yeah. day because they were a five XL and that was the only fucking size they brought. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't want that. We want we want swag that you wear out on the streets, bro. Like wear it into the world. We have more stuff coming. We have we, we do. Have some, we have some cool stuff. Um, and can we talk about as a production of Gotham West Studios, which is where we are sitting in today? We're finally in person. It is. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to release the video, but we did record video today, have, guys. There are cameras in this studio. There's so cameras. We'll see, we'll see we're not doing anything out. weird. No. My lips are very chapped, so um, ignore them. We d- we did get hair and makeup done today for a photo shoot, so yeah. we're looking. Tom got the most makeup. I, I know. Tom and Kyle got yeah, the most zero makeup. makeup. Yeah, I, I got a haircut. That's how guys. You do. did. We got I got a haircut. And I just hey, showed ain't up. No shame in the makeup game. No, I'm okay with it. You know what's really funny? I remember years ago when I was doing some stuff. I was doing some stuff on camera. I, that's as far as I'll go in explaining it. But Tom's I, got an OnlyFans. Guys. I went to the Mac. Yeah. cosmetic store okay because i was like told i was like asking people who were also doing tv stuff i'm like hey what, what should i do they're like oh go to the mac store like that's where yeah. like mac cosmetics that's what everyone in tv uses sure and i went there and i got like like foundation whatever it's called but just pitter patter your face pitter patter my face foundation um 
And my wife was mad. She's like, she's like, your one thing of makeup is the most expensive makeup in this entire house. I don't even have anything that expensive. That is, that would make me mad. And you know what? That is something um, my fiance would do because everything he has to get is like fucking top tier. While I'm over here with my Elf Cosmetics uh, 299 fucking foundation, he'd be like, yeah. so I went to Ulta yeah. and the lady was like, just get this one. And I was like, it's a hundred bucks. And she's like, that's cheap. And I was yeah. like, sweet, a deal. Well, as I got, well, well, I don't even know what it was I got. I got like a little case. Okay. Was it powder or cream? It was, well, it, it was this hard stuff and I had to like tap it and like put it on my face to kind of like just kill the reflections. And- oh, yeah, yeah. So you just probably got like a mattifying powder. Okay. I don't know what yeah. that was. Yeah. No, that's good. That is very yeah. good because the light hits and bounces off your face. You don't want shiny yeah. face. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was just to kill all the makeup. Where I pay money to make my face look not shiny. Then I pay more money to use a product to only make it shiny in the places I want it to be shiny. Being a girl is a fucking ruse. It is awful. Well, your makeup looked great today. Thank you, Gotham Studios. And the people at Glam Squad, thanks for coming. Yeah, that was uh, cool. That was awesome. They did our hair and makeup and... Biggest fear we did a photo shoot, but we'll see the outcome. We'll, we'll see. We'll be posting we'll, on we'll social. So follow us over there, and and uh, and we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, Thanks. guys. Bye. Hi, I'm Kyle. Can we geek about is a new podcast from Gotham West. Each week, JJ and I will delve into the geekier side of pop culture, from our favorites in science fiction and fantasy to new releases, and even. Maybe rag on some absolute flops. We promise that even if you don't like what we have to say, you'll like how we say it. But anyway, can we geek about? Did you really need me here for this? I just needed a ride. (sighs) Can we geek about? So give us a listen, subscribe or follow, wherever you get your podcasts.